boys and girls. Happy New Year and welcome back to Coast Access Radio Storytime. Last session we started the story Mallory, Mallory, The Revenge of the Tooth Fairy by New Zealand writer James Norcliffe. So today we'll continue his story and find out what happens when Mallory frees the tooth fairy inside Bruce, the budgie's cage. What do you think the tooth fairy will look like? Hmm, you might get a surprise. But he's not violent, is he? Don't be stupid, he's just very nervous. Hmm, not a problem, said Mallory. Arthur stared at Mallory suspiciously. You've got this all worked out, haven't you? That's why you told me all about your nutty plans. You just want to get hold of Bruce's cage. I reckon Bruce is lonely. How do you know the Tooth Fairy's not violent? What if it's a rotten Tooth Fairy from a violent background? We haven't seen it yet. We've no idea what it looks like. It'll probably look like a Tooth Fairy. But how do you know? Nobody's ever seen the Tooth Fairy. Mm, these pictures, said Mallory. Tiny little body, wings, a wand or something. Bruce has got wings too. They'll get along like a house on fire, I reckon. I don't, and you still haven't said how we are going to get these thousands of dollars. We? Arthur stared at her. I'm not in on this thing. Mallory sighed. I wanted you to be, but you're being really selfish about Bruce's cage. And anyway, you don't even believe in the Tooth Fairy. I might believe it if I saw it, said Arthur carefully. Well, why don't you get the cage? Then we can both see it. Arthur felt as if he'd been outfoxed. Because, of course, he had been outfoxed, and Mallory knew it. She smiled at him winningly. Arthur knew he had no alternative but to hurry home and bring back the budgie cage, Bruce and all. He wasn't long. The door opened, and Arthur came in, holding the cage aloft. It was quite a large cage for a small bird, but Mallory noted with satisfaction that the bars were quite narrowly spaced. Too narrow for a tooth fairy to slip between, she reckoned. Here we are, said Arthur, swiping some of Mallory's father's tools to one side to clear a space on the workbench for the cage. Bruce seemed quite untroubled by his hurried trip from house to house. He cocked his head, looking about curiously and chattering in a low, guttural way. Mallory looked at Bruce suspiciously. She didn't like birds. The bottom of the cage was littered with seed husks and bird droppings, and water from the dispenser had spilled in transit, leaving a dirty puddle on the cage floor. Are you sure he won't attack the Tooth Fairy? Oh, not unless the Tooth Fairy looks like a cuttlebone. What's a cuttlebone? Arthur pointed to a chalky white leaf-shaped object squeezed between the bars. That thing. Bruce gets his calcium from it. Doesn't he like milk? What about this tooth fairy then? You going to put it in the cage? Mallory hesitated. She suddenly realised she was reluctant to open the bag and reveal the tooth fairy. She couldn't bear being wrong. While part of her knew she had trapped the tooth fairy, there was that faint tugging on the string. Another part of her was frozen by the thought that Billy Askew and Ginny Tree, and probably Arthur too, might have been right, that there wasn't really a tooth fairy, that it was all a story. 
Only opening the little black bag would prove things one way or the other, and Mallory was all at once very nervous about doing so. Well, Arthur demanded. Mallory held the little black bag, still stroking the shape trapped inside. Every now and again it gave another little spasm. What's the matter? Arthur said. Not sure, Mallory muttered. Is it Bruce? It wasn't Bruce, but Mallory nodded all the same. Bruce wouldn't hurt a fly, said Arthur. Give me the bag then, and I'll open it inside the cage. Mallory was torn. However, she realised there was no alternative. She was relieved, too, that she wouldn't have to put her hands in the cage. With a slight shrug, she handed the little black bag to Arthur. Arthur took the bag and then undid the catch of the little cage door. This caught Bruce's attention, and he began hopping back and forth on his perch, chattering excitedly. "'Here we are, Bruce,' whispered Arthur. "'We've got a new little playmate for you. Be gentle with her.' Mallory stepped forward. Now that the decision was made, she felt a growing excitement. "'I suppose it is a her,' asked Arthur. "'Or is it a he?' "'Who knows?' said Mallory. Go on, open the bag. Arthur worked the string loose so the mouth of the bag was no longer fastened. Then he placed the bag on the floor of the cage, quickly withdrew his hands and shut and secured the door. For several seconds, nothing happened. Mallory found herself wondering how she was going to be able to clean bird droppings off her father's electric razor bag. Should I give it a poke? asked Arthur, picking up a long rat tail file he'd found on the workbench. Mallory shook her head. She peered at the bag and its quivering contents. No, don't do that! Bruce was still chattering, with either excitement or alarm. Mallory wasn't sure. And then the lump began to move towards the mouth of the bag. Mallory stared, holding her breath. Arthur peered over her shoulder. A tiny face appeared and looked about fearfully. Then a small grey body scuttled out of the bag and onto the floor of the cage. Arthur immediately burst out laughing. Mallory gazed with astonished disappointment. The thing in the bag had been a mouse. Arthur stopped laughing long enough to gasp. I do, Theory. Want some cheese? Shut up! Mallory wheeled on him furiously. The mouse paused in its scurry and looked at Mallory and Arthur. Then it returned to the bag and burrowed back in. What'll we do? asked Arthur. I don't think Bruce wants a mouse for a friend. Not sure, said Mallory grimly. Let's see what it does next. They didn't have to wait long. A few seconds later, the mouse reappeared, tail first this time. When it fully re-emerged, they were surprised to see that it had Mallory's tooth clutched between its forepaws. It turned and gave Mallory and Arthur another look. Then, leaving the tooth on the floor next to the cage door, it scuttled back to the bag and burrowed in once more. Mallory couldn't help but notice how purposeful the mouse seemed to be. What's it doing? whispered Arthur. Bruce appeared to be intrigued as well. 
he'd stopped his chatter and was staring, his head cocked to the side, as budgies do, at the black bag. Don't know, whispered Mallory. It seems to know what it's doing, though. Within seconds, the tail emerged again, then the mouse's rump, and then the rest of the mouse. Mallory gasped in surprise. This time, the mouse had clutched between its forepaws a gold-coloured dollar coin. Oh, my giddy goodness, whispered Mallory. What the heck? exclaimed Arthur. The mouse dragged the coin to where it had left the tooth and deposited it alongside. However, this time the mouse did not return to the black bag. This time it sat up on its haunches and stared at Mallory, its little black eyes glinting. I don't get this, whispered Arthur. Me neither, whispered Mallory. The mouse continued to stare up at the two of them, accusingly, Mallory thought. Did you put the dollar coin in the bag? asked Arthur. Nope, said Mallory. Why would I do that? Must have been your parents then, Arthur suggested. Billy Askew says it's your parents who come in, pretending to be a tooth fairy. It wasn't my parents, said Mallory shortly. Nobody came in. I was awake all night. So there. That wasn't strictly true, but Mallory needed to make the point. The mouse came in, Arthur said. Somehow, said Mallory, but mice are smaller and quieter than big, clumping parents. Where did the mouse get the dollar then? I wonder, said Arthur. Was it on your dresser? There was no money on my dresser, said Mallory, beginning to get annoyed. And even if there was, how could a rotten mouse get it off the dresser and up onto the bed and under the pillow and into the bag? said Arthur. I guess not, but nothing else makes sense. That's the first smart thing you've said for ages, said Mallory. Nothing makes sense. While they were sniping at each other, they'd forgotten about the mouse and had quite taken their eyes off it. Then, to their utter astonishment, a tiny but perfectly audible voice came from the bottom of the cage. The voice sounded very cross. I've given you the money for the tooth. Why am I locked in this cage? Let me out. Mallory and Arthur swung towards the cage. The mouse was standing on its hind legs and eyeing them angrily. I don't believe this, muttered Arthur, his eyes wide with astonishment. Was that Bruce? asked Mallory, knowing it wasn't. Buddies can talk, can't they? Not Bruce, said Arthur. He's not a very bright budgie. It must have been the mouse. Did you hear it? Of course I heard it, snapped Mallory. Then she leant down towards the mouse. Did you say something? she demanded. Let me out, repeated the mouse. You can talk, asked Arthur wonderingly. Of course I can talk, said the mouse, squeaking irritably. And you can let me out, so do it now. Uh-huh, said Mallory, her mind racing. Nothing doing. We have to negotiate. What do you mean, negotiate? said the mouse. There's nothing to negotiate. Just let me out. I have other calls to make, and I'm already seriously late. You don't think I would let you out for a measly dollar, do you? said Mallory. What are you talking about? said the mouse. 
Ransom, said Mallory. Careful, Mallory, said Arthur. Ransom, repeated Mallory. This time the mouse did not reply. It dropped once more to all fours and shook its head. Arthur thought that it looked utterly bewildered. He glanced at Mallory. Well, that went well, Arthur said. Wait a bit, said Mallory. She felt very excited. Just when it seemed that her cunning plan had turned to mustard, it looked like she really had trapped the tooth fairy, even if the tooth fairy looked like a mouse. That meant that the next steps of the plan could be put into operation, once they'd worked out a way to get the money out of the little creature. Arthur had had a point. It was a problem. They couldn't get the money without letting the mouse out, and they couldn't let the mouse out before getting the money. I'm waiting, said Arthur. Shh, said Mallory. Why? I'm thinking. Well, think fast, said Arthur, because I need to get Bruce back home, and I can't take him home with a mouse in the cage. Mum would go spare if she saw it. Mallory didn't care whether Mrs McElrose went spare, square, or tore her hair, but she was suddenly alarmed by the idea that Arthur would take the cage away. She hadn't thought of that. She'd been thinking only about the cage, not about Bruce. Can't Bruce stay here for a while until we figure out what to do? She demanded. No way, said Arthur. It's cold and dark here. Bruce likes it sunny and warm, like in my bedroom. Just for a while, pleaded Mallory. I'll cut you in. I thought you'd cut me out. I cut you back in because you got the catch, said Mallory. But if you... Okay, said Arthur. But not for long. You'd better figure out what to do with that mouse. It's not a mouse. It looks like a mouse. It's the tooth fairy. Arthur stared down at the mouse again. I know it talks and stuff, but it still looks like a mouse, he said. Hey, little mouse, are you really the tooth fairy? The mouse looked up at Arthur. Mallory wasn't sure, but she thought it might have nodded. See? she said. See what? asked Arthur, turning to the mouse again. If you are the tooth fairy, why do you look like a mouse? This time the mouse spoke again. I can be anything I like, it squeaked. I just happen to choose to be a mouse this time. What do you mean, chose to be a mouse? asked Arthur. I could have chosen to be a boa constrictor, said the mouse. Mallory looked startled. She hadn't thought of that. You're a shapeshifter, she asked. This time the mouse definitely nodded. Arthur looked just as startled. Don't, he said nervously. Don't turn into a boa constrictor. Bruce would be terrified. Mallory, meanwhile, had been thinking rapidly. You know, little mouse, she said, I don't believe you. It's true, insisted the mouse in an indignant squeak. Aha, uh -huh, said Mallory. Prove it. Mallory, said Arthur, don't. Stands to reason, said Mallory. It's bluffing. If it could turn into a boar constrictor, it would have done so already. Or an elephant, or a horse. It hasn't, because it can't. 
if it really wants out without wrecking Bruce's cage, and probably Bruce into the bargain, why doesn't it turn into a mosquito and flip between the bars? I don't know. Because it can't, you egg. It's just bluffing. Aren't you little mousy toothy fairy fraud? She added, turning back to the mouse. The mouse did not reply. It just stared at Mallory with its little glinting black eyes. Well, demanded Mallory, what to negotiate now? Let me out, repeated the mouse. However, this time it didn't sound very confident. Its voice was smaller, less sure. On the other hand, Mallory was increasingly confident. Let yourself out then, she said. Change yourself into a crocodile, why don't you? There was a long pause. I don't like the way it's looking at you, whispered Arthur. It looks angry. How do you know what an angry mouse looks like? asked Mallory. Have you ever seen one? I think I'm seeing one right now, whispered Arthur. Look, why don't you let the little thing out right now and then I can take Bruce home? Let me handle this, will you? insisted Mallory. Can't you see I have this little rodent tooth fairy over a barrel? I think you're both stuck in a sticky place, really, said Arthur. You can't let it out and it can't get the money without leaving the cage. How do we know that? said Mallory. It must have got that dollar from somewhere. Perhaps it just sort of magics it. While Mallory and Arthur were debating what to do, the mouse looked from one to the other. Mallory was right. It was difficult to tell whether the mouse was angry or not, but had she been more observant, she might have noticed the glint in its eyes. An angry glint. What do you want? The mouse asked suddenly. Mallory turned to the mouse, grinning. I knew you'd see reason, she said. Well, asked the mouse. A ransom for your release, said Mallory. How much? asked the mouse. That stopped Mallory. She had not got as far as such technical details as actual amounts. She looked at Arthur. How much do we want? she whispered. There was no need to whisper. The mouse was no further away than Arthur. As if sensing the tension, Bruce scurried back and forth on his perch and began to chatter once more. Arthur shook his head. Don't ask me, he whispered. I'm out of this. I don't like it. Hurry up and settle things, will you? I really need to get Bruce back. Look, he's worried. Wimp, snapped Mallory. She thought quickly. Look, it must be loaded, she argued. How many kids lose teeth each day? Thousands. And every one gets a dollar for each tooth. Count me out, said Arthur. All right, I will, said Mallory. She turned once more to the mouse. Okay, I'm being generous. One hundred dollars. Arthur groaned. Mallory. Okay, said the mouse. Done. Now let me out. Mallory's eyes widened. Not in her wildest imagination had she thought it would be so easy. She had an instant moment of regret that she hadn't asked for a thousand dollars until she remembered her plan. She was going to break her promise, 
keep the Tooth Fairy imprisoned and continue to milk it for more ransom money. That thought brought a wicked grin to her face. Well, said the mouse, well what? Let me out. I said I'd give you the money. Well, give it to me. I can't. Why not? A note of exasperation crept into the mouse's voice. Do I look like I have a hundred dollars on me? It demanded. I can't just conjure it up out of nowhere. Why not? You're the tooth fairy, aren't you? I'll have to go and fetch it. See, said Arthur, I told you so. Shut up, hissed Mallory. What do you mean, go and fetch it? I mean, said the mouse, go and fetch it. What else does go and fetch it mean? See, said Arthur. From where? asked Mallory. The mouse didn't immediately reply. Can't you magic it? asked Mallory. If it could magic it, said Arthur, it could magic itself out of Bruce's cage. No, said the mouse, I need to go and fetch it. Let me out. I can't let you out, said Mallory, obviously. Why? demanded the mouse. Because you wouldn't come back. I wouldn't if I were in your position. I told you so, said Arthur. You're not in my position, said the mouse. I'm in my position, and getting $100 is not easy. I'll have to fetch it, and I'll have to fetch it from the Chancellor of the Hexchequer, who may or may not let me have it. She's very fastidious and very suspicious. It was an impasse. For a while, nobody spoke. Mallory pulled the lobe of her left ear, as she often did when thinking. Arthur made kissing noises at Bruce, who was getting agitated again. The mouse sat on its haunches, staring at the two of them with its dangerously glittering eyes. Okay, said Mallory finally. There's only one thing to do, I suppose. Good, said Arthur. Shall I let it out? Of course not, you egg, snapped Mallory, reaching to grab Arthur's arm before he could open the door of the cage. So what then, said Arthur. There's only one thing to do, said Mallory, is to go with it, wherever it's going. Okay, she added, looking at the mouse. The mouse stared at her for a long, worrying time, before nodding. If you insist, it said finally, but I don't think that's a very good idea. Are you sure? Mallory nodded. Mallory, don't, protested Arthur. So be it then said the mouse. So where are we going? asked Mallory, glancing towards the door. Is it far? Aurelia, said the mouse mysteriously. And yes, it is far, very far. Hmm, things are getting a bit interesting, aren't they? I wonder where Aurelia is. Will it be a magic place? It's funny to think of a talking mouse, though. Whoops, I mean a tooth fairy. <laughs> Join me next story time to find out what happens to Mallory and Arthur and the mousy tooth fairy, of course. Box & Co. is up and running again for 2022. Jackie and her team are there smiling their New Year smiles. 
So take a visit up to the Kapiti Coast and her wonderful beaches and check out the amazing wee bookshop in Altaki. Happy reading, children. Goodbye. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.